Hi, and welcome back to the 11th episode of the Pathfinders podcast. Today's episode features an interview with Gavin Strange. Gavin is a creative, a director, and a designer at Aardman Animations. Aardman is the Oscar-winning studio behind some of the biggest stop-motion films out there, such as Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run, and Shaun the Sheep. Gavin also goes by his online alias known as Jam Factory. Under this name, he has produced some brilliant side projects over the last 20 years. These projects span a variety of different industries from design, photography, film, to even public speaking. One of the projects I'm a big fan of is his book that was published in the Do series, which is called Do Fly. I have previously interviewed Gavin for Volume 5 of 99% Lifestyle. In that interview, we spoke a lot about creativity, productivity, and how you can find time to work on side projects you love. It was mainly exploring how important side projects are as a creative. This interview was recorded a few years back now, and I really wanted to dive deeper into these topics since COVID-19 has changed a lot of the ways we work and live and balance these two together. This interview not only explores those topics as it also looks at Twitch as a platform for creatives and how Gavin is using this as a way to share his work and interact with his audience as a designer. Before we get into today's issue, if you would like to support the podcast, then the best way to do so is by visiting the 99% Lifestyle store. If you want to read our feature with Gavin from our previous conversation, then this can be found in Volume 5 of 99% Lifestyle. Volume 5 features a range of other articles and interviews with the likes of Erica Dawn, who was the lead designer on Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, to exploring the Arctic and tracking polar bears with wildlife photographer George Turner. In total, there are around 20 different articles, interviews, and different features exploring different topics. You can find Volume 5 along with all the other issues and what stores the title is stocked in by visiting the 99% Lifestyle website. That's on 99percentlifestyle.com. Now, let's get into today's episode with Gavin Strange. So just to get things started, I know we previously had a conversation um, that went out in the print magazine. Um, yeah. I was in volume um, six, was six. it? Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And um, I know the conversation was quite a long time ago. It was before all this COVID lockdown things happened. It was. So, Christ, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give people some a quick introduction to who you are, who perhaps haven't picked up volume six, could you please tell people a bit about yourself, a bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, of course. Hello everyone, people of the internet. My name is Gavin Strange and I am a director and a designer by day. And uh, that role I do is for Ardman Animations, which is a creative studio based right here in beautiful Bristol. Um, by night, I go under the alias of Jam Factory, which is a alter ego I've used for 20 years, nearly 20 years exactly in a few weeks. Um, and it's just sort of a, a name I use to basically put out everything and anything that I'm interested and excited by, whether that's, I don't know, uh, designing toys or photography or illustration or characters or everything and anything. Um, I also go under another alter ego of Project Toy, which is uh, another sort of chance for me to experiment. And that's where I sort of put out all of my music stuff, no matter how terrible it is. I, I just like to put it out there. Um, and uh, when I'm not doing all of that, I'm a husband and a dad to two young children and a dog owner and a lover of 
film and animation and all things creative. Oh, and, and live, live streaming. I've really got into live streaming this year as well. So I try and keep myself as busy as possible. And that's me. Yeah, and I'll probably backtrack on some of these because there's a few points I wanted to talk about, especially the live streaming, which um, I've seen a few of this year as well. Um, oh, thanks, mate. But just to get things started, could you give people a bit more information about how you came to work at Arp? And I know this, again, this was something we covered in our last conversation, but it's quite an interesting yeah. story, isn't it? Yeah. So I came to Arman. I've been there for nearly 30, well, just over 13 years now, actually, which is, which is bonkers to think I was a, I was a young 20 something when I, when I joined and I, I won't go into the full story because your dear listeners will just be clinging on for dear life because it takes a while. But um, a potted history is that um, I started my creative career when I was 17, 18 years old as a junior designer at a local design agency in Leicester, where I'm originally from. And that was purely because I didn't fancy going to university. It just didn't appeal to me. So I, I, I wanted to get into the creative industry. I spent four years there learning the ropes to everything um and i just w would sort of take on every opportunity i was really excited i was really naive i was really nervous i was really all the emotions as you are when you're when you're that age but what it did was like it awoke this sort of spirit in me i guess of well actually you only sort of get 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 back what you put in and it really sort of um made me want to give my all to sort of creativity and, and be as productive as possible and uh, it was my boss at the time who encouraged me to create a space for me to experiment basically because i needed to learn and i needed to learn to be better on the job so he encouraged me to basically buy and find my own domain name and that was what inspired me uh, buying jam-factory.com, which became my sort of portfolio and then became my alter ego. And essentially, I have, I've done the same thing ever since. I still have Jam Factory as my sort of online playground and portfolio. So I had that up and running and I did this job for four years. And then again, naivety is a wonderful thing. I, I, I quit my job. I'm still not entirely sure why I quit a stable uh, job, but I did because I felt like I needed to sort of do do more. And a friend of mine ran a skate store in Leicester at the time and offered me the chance for for three days work a week, uh, working for doing sort of digital design for his skate store called Casino. And then the rest of the time was my own. And I used it to sort of build my own body of work. And I used it to build my own sort of local client base where I would do predominantly digital design. But I would use my jam factory portfolio to basically show people all the other stuff I wanted to be hired for. It was basically that my whole website was full of stuff that I just desperately wanted people to pay me to do, but they, they never would because, because I was still learning and also they didn't know I could do it, you know, and there's not always an excuse or a reason to sort of crowbar that in on a conversation, but at least if I sort of directed them to the website, then they would get a glimpse of that sort of stuff. So over the years, the stuff that I was doing during the day slowly morphed from being purely sort of graphic design and digital design to characters and film and sort of all of these different things. And, and film in particular was something that I, I always, always, always loved and always sort of had deep desires of being a film director, but had no clue how to get in there, especially with no formal training. So I continued to do that for another four years sort of work for myself and ended up moving to Bristol in the process. And, you know, by this year, by this time, I had sort of eight years experience under my, my under my belt. And I was freelancing in Bristol doing, again, predominantly digital design, but sort of trying to get as many different 
different interesting um, other outlets as I, I could. And then one day uh, I got an email that said, hello from Auburn. And I fell off my chair and it was an email from a lovely, lovely human being called Danny Fagan, who's um, now a, a very senior member of Ardman. And, um, but he was sort of part of the beginning team of the interactive arm of Ardman that was just starting out and they were looking for a senior designer on a, a particular freelance project. And, um, I, 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 Dan says, why don't you come in for a cup of tea and let's have a chat. And I popped in for that cup of tea and 13 years later, I've never left. Um, so when I, when I got there, I just, of course, as you would imagine, absolutely fell in love with the place and fell in love with the people and desperately wanted to stay and be a part of it. So I joined as the, the senior, um, senior designer for the interactive team, but kind of, I guess, using my Jam Factory portfolio, I you know would often share and show the other stuff that I was into and that led to opportunities for character design and, and, um, and sort of illustration and iconography and typography and all of the other stuff within that role. But then again, that role sort of then expanded over time as I met more people and I was doing lots and lots more filmmaking work in my own time and, and all of that got more ambitious and more um, more sort of uh, challenging and I would share that with my my peers at work and would ask for feedback and for, for, for support and help and they basically sort of grew me into a better a better filmmaker until sort of fast forward 10 years um, I then became um, officially a director and a designer for Oddman which is an absolute dream and so that is my 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 role now I, I i spend my time either directing work and that can be many different things it's not just um linear film it can be at the minute i'm doing a very big non-linear and linear sort of mushed together interactive immersive project um uh, but then sometimes it's pure graphic design which i love i i love just you know making stuff look nice and look good and be informative and do do the job that it, it should so so yeah I've, I've got an absolute dream job that i can flip between these different sort of roles as and when you know projects projects need it really it's, it's amazing mm. and you've worked on some really interesting projects over the last uh, few years um in both both different areas actually in under jam factory and at ardman i was a big fan of the greenpeace uh, uh filmmaking kind of stuff was it a stop motion piece or animation oh thank you mate yeah yeah the greenpeace project turtle journey yeah that was a stop frame and cg mix uh short film yeah yeah and i was a big fan of that and what we spoke about previously was something to do with under the jam factory name you developed a way of um identifying time in your day which you was able to um use to best basically use your time to make these side projects so could you tell people quickly a little bit about that um, about that time circle? I'm not too sure what what you use to call it, but um, what that is and what that's about. Yeah, sure. And funnily enough, that is something that has very, very recently changed. But to give people a little bit of context, I, you know, I adore my day job. I adore my wife. I adore my family. But, you know, trying to do all of it presents its problems. And, you know, the two biggest things to find are energy and time. And so I kind of realized that, well, it's up to me. No one else is going to give me the time. No one, you know, it's up to me to try and figure out how I'm going to do all the things that I want to do. So, 
um, yeah, I basically kind of, because I'm a visual person, I just thought I maybe need a visual way to look at this. And so just drew a thing called a time circle, which is essentially a big circle split into 24 slices. And I would color it in to sort of denote where my time was going and really for a way to really simply visualize if and where there was any time available for me to really do the things that I wanted to do. You know, I, I just deeply love making things for myself and experimenting and playing it. It genuinely makes my heart sing and my soul happy. And I really have to, I really have to do it sort of recently. Um, I've, I've been a little bit more grumpy and it's like, it's, it's because I've not had the time to, to get stuck into the things that I want to do. So, so basically when my son came along, who is now nearly four, you know, it, it was so different being a parent. And uh, I sort of previously would work in the evenings, but um, because my wife is a jewelry designer, she also would work on her own stuff in the evenings as well, because full time she looks after our, our, um, our son. Um, but then, you know, things sort of would, would, would change, you know, your schedule would change. But we got into a really good routine of basically on a weekday evening, you know, about nine o'clock after we'd sort of, you know, um, put our son to bed and eaten and stuff, Jane would go into her workshop and do her jewelry work. And I would go upstairs and do what I wanted to do sort of creatively. But then recently we have a brand new addition to the family, which is our, our nearly eight week old daughter. And it is totally, totally changed everything. That previous routine does absolutely not work. And I'm sure every parent listening that has more than one child is like, <laughs> yeah, of course you idiot. It's really hard. It is, you know, it is so different with two. There really does not feel like there's a spare minute in the day from the second uh, my son wakes up between half six and seven to um the second we go to bed there is always something to do there's dishes to wash there's toys to pick up there's things to plan for next day there's shopping to prepare you know there's 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 something and me and my wife jane have got a great routine she is predominantly looking after sylvia our, our little girl because she's you know she's feeding and, and that's something that only jane can do so i sort of do um uh, most of the stuff with my son, Sully. So sort of I'll do, um, you know, in the morning we'll get up together and I'll get breakfast and I'll clear the house from the previous day. And so we basically got this great routine, but all of that added up to there is literally no time for me to do um, anything myself on when, of course, we used to work in an office. Uh, I on my lunch times I've got quite good at trying to fit in as much as I could on, in an hour but you know being at home I, I want to spend it with my family but also to be helpful you know it's it is really tough looking after two so the lunch break is a chance for me to relieve Jane and give her a bit of respite and for me to see the family so basically I had to look at my time circle again and it you know like anything if you want something you generally have to sacrifice something whether you know if you want something expensive you have to sacrifice some hard-earned money you know it, it, there's always a trade-off nothing comes for free and I thought I really still want to be um you know, I want to make things for myself, I want to be creative. And so I just had to look at the time circle again and, and thought, well, the only way I can do this is to get up before everyone else is, um, is awake because in the evenings I, you know, working all day, I don't get to see the new little baby. And even though Jane is downstairs feeding and, and little one is being fed, you know, I want to be with them. I want to spend time with that family. And also now we're extra knackered with two. So we kind of want that end of day together, even just because 
me and Jane only get an hour or so just to sit and watch something together after we've done all the jobs. I don't then want to disappear and sort of do creative stuff when she can't. It's not fair on her because Jane is just as creative and driven. She wants uh, those same opportunities, but she sacrificed something. She sacrificed her time to raise our family and to, you know, to, to breastfeed our, our baby girl. That's a sacrifice she's made. And so, you know, it's not fair for me to just bugger off and go and carry on being creative. So it came to a point of, well, okay, what am I going to do? I can't set an alarm uh, in the mornings because it will wake up the little baby and Jane because the sleep patterns are all over the time and so my current working situation which is working okay at the minute is basically when little baby wakes up in the middle of the night um and needs um a feed uh, because she's woken up i'll generally it's my job to change baby and jane will feed her when i've done that change i look at the clock and think okay while i'm up now i'll get up and so i basically just sort of react as the baby's schedule reacts really and and sort of like last week worked really well three three mornings in a row i got up at uh, just before five o'clock so that's when sylvie got up and i got a couple of hours in in my den to do stuff but then this week i've only had one chance and that chance sort of came at uh at 3:55, and it was like well I need to feed Sylvie and I don't know how else I'm going to do it because basically because her sleep patterns didn't work. So it's like, well, this is your only option. Go for it. So that was a bit of a shock, but you know, I, and this is, I'm not prescribing anyone does this, you know, it's not about like the hustle. It's not about, you've got to get up at this time. No, not at all. It's what works for you. But you know, for me at this time, at this point in my life, you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice something. I don't want to sacrifice family. So I'll sacrifice sleep and I'll just try and find those windows of time that I can to sort of do it. And even though I'm tired, honestly, it really makes me happy. I got stuff done. I got to work on stuff I wanted to. So yeah, so that is my sort of approach to, to time really to beg, borrow and steal it from wherever and whenever I can. And you know, it'll change. It'll change in the future as, as my family's routine changes and, and I'm going to have to move with it. But you know, for, for me right now, I'm tired, but I'm really happy. And that's what counts. Mm. And how has things overall changed since the first lockdown in terms of, I suppose, your productivity from shifting to predominantly, I'm guessing, with our man, um, you're working from home majority of the time. Um, and yeah, just in general, in terms of like productivity and output and things like that, perhaps before the change to just having um, a newborn baby as well. Yeah, it's been a it's been a year. It's been a year for everyone, isn't it? It's just been so unprecedented. And I think that's one thing, you know, it, it's okay to not know how to react to all of this and to kind of feel like emotionally volatile, I think, because it's just all over the all over the shop. And it's something that is so devastatingly heartbreakingly sad and frustrating, you know, with the losses of life and the 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 straight up criminal negligence from our government you know, it's, it's, it's so okay to be all over the place. And, you know, obviously when it happened in, in sort of March time last year, it was just all a surprise to everyone. And so there was, you know, obviously like everyone else has gone through it, there was a big period of sort of, um, you know, getting used to it and then getting fed up with it and then getting frustrated, then getting jaded. So I've gone through the same emotional cycles as everyone else, I think. Um, you know, my setup at home, I, I love it. I, I really, I've really liked sort of cultivating what I've got in my den. So sort of technology wise, I've got everything that I would need. I'm, I'm sorted. So I, I, it doesn't feel like I've got like a, um, 
I've sort of sacrificed any any like comforts, I guess, to be working at home. Of course, it's really hard with interruptions. I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing I found is just the mental switch from being a a sort of worker to being a parent. And sometimes you have to switch immediately. You have to just take care of something or some something's kicking off in the house and that switch i found really hard to sort of suddenly stop being in the mindset of i don't know creatively solving a problem to maybe disciplining a toddler because they've done something like it's so different and i really still sort of struggle with that i think i'm used to it now and i'm used to sort of identifying well okay that's why you feel a bit weird because it's just a weird switch and that's fine so i think if anything i've just learned to sort of accept the um the the that it is going to be tricky really and and it's changed again yeah with a with a new baby as well and 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 again just trying to be more flexible to help out my wife and just like keeping my ear on what's going on downstairs and if it's all a bit overwhelming for her so how can I help and and you know god bless Ardman for being so understanding they know everyone's going through this at every single level in the company so they are very very flexible and you know everyone wants to make great work as well so you know if you if you need to make up the time people will make up the time so so there's a real lovely sort of flexibility there but yeah it's just kind of riding the wave really and I mean god knows what's going to happen next I would love things to go back to inverted commas normal but i don't think we ever can i think we've got to learn from this and you know i think a lot of people are going to continue working from home but i i desperately miss people in the studio i desperately miss giving someone a big hug or just having that funny conversation sort of in the canteen so yeah like everyone sort of miss the camaraderie and mr mr connection but obviously there's going to be so many of your listeners that are freelance that are like what are you talking about? I haven't seen anyone normal in years because that's just what freelance life is. So, you know, it's different for everyone, isn't it? But I definitely, you know, that's a big draw to working at a company that I really, really, really enjoy. I miss, I miss the people. So, so yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's where we're up to now and who knows what it's, it's going to go like in the future. I, I guess all you can do is be safe and sort of look after yourself and, and, and obviously by extension, look after everyone else really. And just, just try and sort of be together and keep, uh, you know, keep your spirits up and keep other spirits up, keep other people's spirits up too, I reckon. So yeah, madness. And you mentioned about, you know, missing the team at Ardman. Has that been quite creatively challenging for the work at Ardman to not have that interaction with a job that was very interactive and very hands-on? Yeah, it has. I mean, as lockdown lifted last year, um, uh, Ardman uh, got back into the studio to carry on with a few jobs, not jobs that I was I was on. And they sort of they've been amazing. They've been so good at like super strict protocols. You know, you can't even go near the building if you haven't got sort of written authorization and you haven't gone through all the tests and stuff. It's really they're they're they took it so, so serious, which was awesome to see. Um, and there's sort of like people like Tony, our facilities manager, who's just, he's like so sort of diligent. And, and I knew that he would just like rise to this challenge. So it's, it's also just cool sort of seeing people being like, right, okay, no, we're going to, we're going to get through this together, which was awesome. I did have a, a job at the end of last year that, um, uh, I did go in, I did go in for before sort of lockdown three. Um, and, you know, and it was sort of part, I was sort of co-directing, but it was, I also took it upon myself to, I, you know, really believe strongly in all the measures and protocols. And I was being very strict about that. So I quite enjoyed being that person to sort of like, you know, remind everyone to wash their hands every so often, you know, every like between everything and sort of uh, disinfect all the, the 
touch points and everything was mega socially distant stuff. So, so it's kind of cool. I, I quite liked, um, you know, trying to work for the protocols um, and being sort of safe. But for the majority of my last year, I was working on sort of bigger projects that had like longer lead times that basically I, I sort of was working on um, myself for quite for the majority of the year. And then we would have regular catch-ups with the wider team and stuff. So, so for last year, um, it's been, it's been um, sort of, it, it just kind of fitted in, but that also meant that I just, you know, I, I, I missed people. I sort of, especially, you know, when you're in the early stages of idea development and, and, and sort of coming up with stuff, I, I kind of need that energy. I need people to bounce off. I think I need sort of um, those procrastination sort of conversations that actually help spark. But when you're on your own in your own space, it's definitely different. But then funny enough, this year I'm directing something that um, should have had, you know, international travel and, and, and big sort of um, uh, sort of uh, pan global like uh, collaborations. But of course that it, we are having to reframe that uh, an awful lot. So, so all of it's happening via zoom, via, you know, shareable documentation, via sort of real time whiteboards and all this stuff. And it's a, it's a big, big project as well. So lots of spinning plates, lots of people, lots of, um, sort of technical things. So, but again, everyone is going through the same thing, aren't they? So it's kind of, it, it's, I think it's quite nice. It's exciting to go, okay, well, let's just figure it out then. And let's, let's make, let's make things happen. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a different way of, a different way of working, but hopefully, you know, we can, we can all learn and take good things from this as well and, and sort of apply the positives to ourselves. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's, let's see what 2021 holds. I'm, I'm quite terrified, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And something you did mention at the very start of this interview is uh, that you've been live streaming quite a lot on, on Twitch. Um, I just wanted to know a bit about how that came about, because I have to say, I love the branding for for your Jam Factory alias and the overlays you've used on, on Twitch. And it was quite refreshing to see like a, uh, you know, a, something different on, on Twitch as well, like um, from the creative point of view, I don't really tend to see too much other than gaming stuff i know there is other you know aspects to twitch but it is predominantly gaming but i just wanted to talk more about how you i suppose decided that you wanted to do some live streams on there oh well first of all thanks for the kind words mate yeah i really i mean i'll, I'll come to that in a sec but that was that is a big draw for me to sort of make it look you know kind of the way i wanted it to but the way it came about was um yeah you know i really enjoy giving talks and i've sort of been giving talks for the last um, well, pretty much since I've been at Auburn as well, really. So 2008, I think, was my first sort of public speaking gig. And I really enjoy it. I really enjoy I I love what I do and I love creativity and I love all aspects of it. So I just want to sing it from the rooftop. So I really enjoy giving talks and I enjoy sort of the terrifying slash fun feeling of, of being on stage and talking to people. But of course, when the pandemic hit, that all all went out the window and, and, and I, I missed it. The same thing, I guess, is trying to like reconfigure where am I going to find the time or the opportunity to do the things that I love. I thought, well, okay, let's, let's, let's figure it out. And um, I sort of knew a bit of, of, of live streaming, but not too much. Um, again, yeah, I knew it more for gaming and, and I just thought Twitch looked interesting. And then I, you know, I just really liked, enjoyed figuring out the technology. So I use a piece of software um, called uh, OBS, Open Broadcaster Software, which is open source. And basically you can make your own TV show. 
that's what's so super fun about it. I mean, it is kind of mad because you have to be the presenter, the host, the designer, the animator, the vision mixer, the sound person, um, the, the moderator all in one. But you can do it absolutely however you like. And so I, I basically, um, in lockdown, would stream twice a week on sort of lunch times. And typically it's a bit weird, really, because a lot of streamers really stream for, for sort of two hours minimum. You're sort of really looking at four hours, sort of like long, long things. But I just couldn't do that. You know, obviously I've got a day job and I've got a family. So I would sort of do twice, twice a week just in a one hour slot. And, and I would sometimes look at other people's beautiful work and just gush about it and share it and show it. Sometimes I would do a behind the scenes of, of a project that I'd done. Sometimes it was a bit looser. Um, but I really, really enjoyed doing that and sort of just, yeah, yeah, doing the graphics in sort of interacting with the community. That What's so great about that is you have this interactive live chat. You have other people talking to you, asking questions, sort of interjecting with funny things. And I really, really, really like that. I think it was about connection. You know, obviously a big part of giving public talks is the connection with an audience. But, you know, when you don't do that and do it online, it's totally different. But actually sort of the, having a live chat feature felt felt fantastic. So we had, we built like a really nice community. But then <clears throat> as my wife became more heavily pregnant, I sort of knocked it on the head for a bit because I got super busy at work. And then um, Christmas happened and, and new baby and stuff. So I, I'm yet to, to, to jump back on it. I'm hoping to do it next week, uh, actually. But even that, I've got to change it. I can't do two days a week because again, that's going to sacrifice some family time um, and not be fair on my wife. So I'm going to do it just one afternoon, one lunchtime, I think. But I'm also going to probably change the format, I think, because I ended up sort of having to sort of create new schedules and new topics twice a week every week and when things get busy you know it, it's it, it gets more and more difficult but I actually found the the more fun relaxed streams worked better where actually you react to what people are talking about in the chat and kind of what I want to do is almost like do sort of like a weekly creative show I guess and sort of actually just talk about the awesome stuff I've seen or heard or played or you know kind of I would just really love, you know, sort of like really positive people like, um, I don't know, like George, you know, George Clark with his sort of amazing spaces or sort of um, Adam, oh, he's Adam from the Mythbusters who does the tested, tested um, sort of stuff like these positive forces, these positive people who just sort of love what they do and sort of want to share all aspects of it. I'd love to do that for creativity. And so kind of, I think that's where I'm going to try and aim the, the sort of new streams of 2021, given that I will, I will have even less time to sort of prepare and do. I kind of, I guess, just want to bring a bit of energy and enthusiasm and share some beautiful stuff that, you know, other people can sort of discover or, or we can just geek out about how great it is. So, so yeah, I've really enjoyed doing them and I'm very much looking forward to coming back and um next saturday will be the 20th year since i registered jam-factory.com so i am hoping to sort of maybe do a live stream on friday and sort of share like the earliest of the web designs and some really terrible shocking work from back 20 years ago so so yeah so i'm, I'm really sort of excited to make a bit of a return to it i think mm. and do you think twitch could be quite a big platform for creators such as yourselves going forward uh, where more and more people perhaps could get behind it and do something similar to what you're doing I guess I do yeah I really do because there is lots of creative people on there but not not tons you know it is predominantly gaming and some amazing 
and this is the other thing there was no right or wrong you can stream and present and show however the hell you like and there's some amazing sort of concept artists that uh that you know their streams are they stream all day as they're working which is also great for company i really like that idea there's a very much a community aspect of it i would happily do that if i could but you know working on our band stuff it's all um uh, non-disclosure agreement stuff so I can't show what I'm doing so that kind of doesn't work for me but it's lovely to sort of see that happen so you know you can drop in on people's streams there there's an amazing guy who's this um, sort of um, uh, Maui sort of crafter uh, uh, woodworker who makes these amazing sculptures and he has hundreds of thousands of people tune in and he's just chatting as he's doing his beautiful stunning work so there's all sorts of different ways you can do it and I would love to see more in the creative space of you know you know photographers filmmakers graphic designers sort of that that kind of angle uh, there's yeah there's a lot of concept artists and sculptors and that sort of side but i think there's room for everyone it will be awesome just to you know it's just fascinating seeing other people's processes isn't it and seeing other, how other people sort of make and do things so yeah i think i think it's a really good opportunity for people to to, to dump in especially maybe people who look would love the idea to do talks but are terrified by public speaking in front of other people you know if you're presenting to a camera it's a very different thing so so yeah i think it's a really great space to 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 have a play with and um i suppose that well i know our government was very critical of creatives in general um at some stage during this lockdown with um with with some of the comments that they did make um but in general i know quite a few people who have started businesses started creative hobbies started like etsy stores youtube channels and it seems like people are trying to be more creative than ever um especially in the last 12 months more so than what i've seen previously what do you think about this do you agree and what do you think that is if if you do agree with that yeah i totally agree i mean honestly life is too short not to do the, these things because you know when you look at it we're just apes on this massive flaming rock that spins around the sun and one day that sun's going to grow so gigantic it'll engulf everything we've known and loved so if we're if we are just monkeys on a big rock then why would you not just go well i can do that i should pursue that that's not to belittle how difficult things and people's circumstances are it's all very well and good saying oh just do it i, I get that because many 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 obstacles are in people's ways to actually being you know sort of having real sort of self-fulfillment but there's n that shouldn't let you stop trying like what why not be a bit sort of dreamery and why not be a bit sort of idealistic and just go for it because yeah one day that sun is gonna explode and 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 engulf us all and we won't exist so let's let's just sort of go for it and obviously with with covid you know there was an element of well i'm i've got to stay home so what am i going to fill my time with so you know that's a great motivator but also you know the real horrible shocking um reality of how deadly the disease is and what it can do to you and you know who it affects which is everyone so there's a real like sense of being scared of your own mortality that can frighten you into something which is a great motivator why the hell not and so it's just nice seeing people do that stuff and figure it out and there's always going to be a bit of snark and there's always going to be like oh you're just like everyone's making sourdough now fantastic why would you not want to learn how to make bread that's bloody brilliant what a great skill to have you know, there's always going to be people that are just sort of cynical and all that. But 
whatever, man, just got to leave, just got to leave them behind. And, you know, I just think if, if more people in the world did nice things that made their heart sing, I genuinely think there will be more kindness in, in the world, you know, because it, it, it just, if you sort of do pursue something that makes you happy, that is not at the expense of anyone else's happiness. It's absolutely imperative to say that because I'm sure mad old racist twats say, well, I just love being racist. That makes me happy. Yeah. But you're horrible and awful and wrong. Like you should, the things that you love doing, yeah, shouldn't hurt or be detrimental to anyone else on the planet. But there's a lot of things to pick from that are going to, that are going to, you know, uh, make you happy and not harm anyone else. So yeah, that, that should, that should all be encouraged. I'm sure. I think all the Tories would probably, you know, enjoy it if they actually thought about something else other than themselves or their mates or, or money, you know, if they had a nice, a nice hobby, maybe they'd stop being such evil monsters. So I think more, more, more of the good stuff, more of the creative stuff, it will, it will make your heart happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you think it's, it's more difficult to make money as a creative currently? And how do you think, uh, people are adapting and what 2021 holds for, for this industry, especially, I suppose, as freelancers as well. Oh, I think I, yeah, let's be real. I think, I think it's, I think it's utterly terrifying. And and again, I, you know, recognize my very um, big place of privilege, having a full-time position and having that security, you know, uh, as a freelancer, of, of course, we just, we're in a massive, massive, gigantic economic downturn. There's, you know, we don't even know what's ahead of us yet. We're still in the eye of the storm. We don't really know what's going to come sort of economically, but it, it ain't going to be good. We can see that and we could, damn well see for sure that we're not going to get any support or help from uh, anyone else really not a billionaire not a politician so it's it's sorry, sorry can you totally tell i've got to be in my bonnet <laughs> this is also what's happened during covid i've just decided that i've just got no time for hateful figures and useless <laughs> useless people in power know your enemy and all that so anyway anyway um yeah we, we don't really know what's going to happen next and and people have adapted as well people have adapted fantastically and are sort of trying to streamline what they offer and what they can do but you know at the end of the day money is hard to come by less and less people have it so less and less people are going to spend so that that's a real real fright but I guess all we can do as creatives is a support each other and try and support each other's endeavors. Um, and to, to sort of hopefully let that creative spirit win out. Um, and, and to let that creative spirit sort of drive you towards something and, 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 and hopefully sort of come away unscathed. That is unbelievably difficult. It's so easy for me just to sit here and say, of course it is, but you know, have, having sort of creative powers, being able to have an idea and to execute it and to sort of really not be constrained by anything apart from I'm going to have an idea and, 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 you know, being able to, to make and do something, to be able to create something from nothing is very, very, very special. It's a very cool thing to do. And having those powers basically is, is hopefully going to um, at least help in some way to, to, to sort of financially help um, the, huge gargantuan task there is to be able to turn an idea into something that will financially reward you we're all looking for that of course we are we all are but you know i have i have faith that um awesome creative people um uh, will be resilient 
and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll power through, but we've all got to help out each other. And, and sometimes that's just being a cheerleader. You know, what you're doing, mate, with the magazine and with, the posca- with this podcast is, you know, you're talking and you're supporting to people. You're giving people a platform. You're being a cheerleader. And, and, and I think we, mean, we need more cheerleaders in the world. We, don't, we need less of snarky takedowns of logos and we just need people going like, yeah, man, that's awesome. So big up you, Connor. You're doing well, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode with Gavin Strange. This podcast is now available on YouTube and all major podcast platforms. If you would like to follow us on social media or find links to the other platforms that you can listen to this on, then simply visit the 99% Lifestyle website. The links can also be found in the description of this episode. At the end of each interview I conduct, I ask interviewees to give me five recommendations for our audience. This can be from books you should read, musicians that you should listen to, video games that you perhaps should play that you haven't heard of before, and other creatives that you should check the work out of. These recommendations are sent out each and every Friday to the 99% Lifestyle newsletter subscribers. All of the previous issues are archived on our website too, so you can go on there and look at all the previous guests. We have featured Gavin before, and this was in issue number 125. If you would like to read that, then simply visit our archive. We also have a second edition of the newsletter which will be coming out with Gavin which will feature his new recommendations. If you sign up to the newsletter then this is also the best way to be updated on new podcast episodes, blog posts and the various new product releases that we have from clothing, prints and print magazines. Thank you again for listening to today's episode, we'll be back very soon.